Hey, Monique, are you ready to go in the hot seat? Yes. On today's episode, I am so excited for an in-depth conversation with my friend and co-host, Monique Forcier, where we're going to learn about where this all began, who is Monique Forcier, what made you, um, who you are today. Welcome to Heart and Soul, the podcast where we empower and inspire women to lead their best lives, harnessing the power of their hearts and souls. We are Mariah and Monique, your hosts and guides on this journey of self-discovery and personal growth. In each episode, we will dive deep into topics that matter most to you, from self-love and confidence to career development, relationships, and everything in between. We believe that every woman has a unique strength and inner wisdom waiting to be unleashed. Join us as we cover insightful heart and soul-centered topics and interview incredible women who've overcome challenges, chased their dreams, and found their true purpose. Through all of this, you will discover practical tips, strategies, and real-life stories to help you navigate life's twists and turns. For whatever season of life you're in, this podcast is your safe space to explore, learn, grow, and possibly even laugh and cry with us. So grab your headphones, maybe your favorite drink, and we'll embark on this transformative journey together. With heart, I'm Mariah. And with soul, I'm Monique. So go way, way back. I want to hear all about the day you were born and just keep going from there. I don't remember the day I was born, (laughs) so we're just going to move around, but I was born uh, February 20th, coming up soon, uh, uh, 1973. Um, I was born outside of Chicago, Illinois, um, and Hammond, Indiana. Okay. I didn't know you were born in Indiana. I was born in Indiana. I know. Um, So my mom is an immigrant from Argentina. She came to the United States when she was four years old with my grandmother, her father. Um, Actually, her father had come about a year or so before um, and saved up money to bring his family. And then her half-siblings who were older than her, her brother and sister, her half-brother and sister, they moved to outside of Chicago. Um, There was a big Argentinian community. They moved there um, when my mother was four, as I said, and then um, shortly thereafter, they got a divorce. Anyways, long story, uh, my grandparents, uh, long story short, that's why outside of Chicago, because- That makes sense, Argentinian community. And my mother also um, grew up there. And um, coincidentally, my father um, was a pastor's kid. So, okay. yep, they had moved all over the United States because in the Salvation Army, they would move you every couple of years. You'd be a pastor here and then they'd, you have a new mission and you'd go over here. So uh, when my parents met, his parents had, were pastors of a church like in, I think it might have been Gary, Indiana. Okay. Um, and my mom was in Hammond, Indiana, like, and the stars aligned and bada bing, bada boom. And now uh, we have Monique. <laughs> right. Amazing gift from the universe. Aw. Yes. So outside of Chicago is where I was born. Um, my parents, my father was a welder by trade. And um, having a family, they wanted to move to Duluth, Minnesota, better way, um, better area to raise a daughter. Um, so I was 18 months old when we moved here. 
and my sister then. I have one sibling, my sister. She is two and a half years younger than me. Um, she was born in Duluth. And so I was raised in Duluth, but I don't know a lot of people from this area um, because when I was a couple years old, my mom got us into a religion called Seventh-day Adventism. Okay. It is um, a smaller organization. There's a couple, it's very, uh, it's Christian based. So mm -hmm. um, we believe in Jesus, all of that. Um, but there's a couple of distinctions between uh, Seventh-day Adventists and like Catholics or Baptists or whatever. So the first one is we would go to church on Saturday okay. versus Sunday. Um, we also were raised not eating certain meats. Okay. Um, we would observe the Sabbath from sundown on Friday night until sundown on Saturday night. We wouldn't work. Um, we would just like meet with in community with people. Um, I also went to church school for this church. So I, up until I believe I was in seventh grade, I had two people in my class. Really? Yes. Very, very small. <laughs> so your formative early schooling experience was very small. Very small. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I didn't know that about you. Yes. So, um, so I went to church school and uh, my sister then also went to church school. And um, anyways, a part of the, you know, there was a couple schools here and there, but for the most part, I went to church school. And when we went to church school, we would worship and and we were like in church, like, you know, six days a week. Yeah. So I was very um, religion and especially Seventh-day Adventism and uh, Christianity was a very big cornerstone of my life. That said, though, my parents, uh, my father wasn't a Seventh-day Adventist because his parents were um, Salvation Army. Right. So um, there was a he wouldn't go and go to church with us on Saturday. Um, not that he didn't believe, but um, there was just that difference. Yeah. Me and my sister and my mother, or yes, my, my sister and my mother and I, we go to church on Saturday and he would observe how he would observe. So raised in Duluth, very small kind of community, very, um, I would say I was sheltered. Okay. Going and only having two people in my class, how could I not yeah. be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I remember being young and thinking like, well, I'm never going to get a boyfriend because I've known these boys since <laughs> I was like five years old, you know? Yeah, your options are pretty limited. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my upbringing. My sister was, and I were very close. Um, we had little puppies and, you know, it was it was a good upbringing. Um, we moved quite a bit. My dad um, would get jobs as a welder and then either be transferred because, you know, um, Welding was really uh, heavily dependent on the the manufacturing of iron ore in the area that we're from, and yeah. mines would close and open, so that that was a little bit more challenging. Um, but you know, fairly good upbringing, and you know, but when I was around, I want to say maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, I lose track of time. My parents did end up getting a divorce. So, um, still in the church, um, but then we ended up um, still going to church school. That was a really big time in my life, right? So, my parents had raised me. Um, 
the falling apart of their marriage was really difficult. I'm the oldest. My sister is younger. And so I took, I felt like I felt the weight of it a lot. Um, as just an, I don't know, all kids do, but for me, it felt very challenging. So, um, that meant a lot of moving around within Duluth as well, because housing, as you know, when your parents get divorced, couldn't afford to live where we lived. Um, we were living with neighbors for a while. Um, my mom and my sister and I were sort of homeless until my mom could get a job and buy us a house then. So that was a really challenging time. Um, wow. Yeah, just having having my parents split up, having not living with my father anymore, and then also coincide, you know, right after that, then not having a place to live. And it was just a lot of... Trauma. Trauma, transition, challenges for a young person. So that said, um, once my mom bought us a house, it was much more stable. Um, She was able to afford it on her own. She had a job and um, things then started kind of like turning around for us. Um, Then uh, my mom, a couple years, uh, not long after... Um, we moved into the house, but a couple years after her divorce, she had a roommate move in. Um, someone I had known, I think my whole life. Her name um, is Lisa, and she moved in to uh, from Texas to just kind of like get herself together. And my mom and her were very close best friends. Not long after moving in, my mom reveals to my sister and I that her and Lisa were in, are in a romantic relationship. Now, this is kind of a big deal. It's big be- news. Yes, because um, it is not condoned by the church in which we are so living our lives in and intertwined with. Um, and, you know, also, um, it just it just made it really tricky. But it was also in the early 80s when AIDS yeah. or maybe mid 80s, AIDS had just come into the scene and AIDS was directly correlated at that time to people who were gay or lesbian. Yeah. Um, and so it really landed its own sets of issues. Um, and so we would just kind of keep this on the, the down low sure. to ourselves. At the same time as well, um, my father had a mental health issue and um, moved away from town. So not only do I learn that, you know, my mom is, you know, um, in a romantic relationship with another woman and it's a lot of change. Uh, my dad vacates because he has this mental mental health issue in my life until I'm about 18 years old. And, um, and so a lot, again, a lot of change. Now, luckily, with my dad leaving, Lisa, you know, is in the picture and is extremely stable person Um, once she kind of like turns herself around and is a positive influence in my life. Very loving, very kind to me. So um, that that was that was nice. Um, Yeah. So just a lot of interesting intertwining things going on. So. you know, went um, to to boarding school um, for the church, and we just kind of kept the whole in the relationship with my mom and Lisa um, on the down low because Lisa was also raised in the Seventh Day Adventist religion, so she would go to church with us, and we would just go, and it was great. Now, the the religion that 
um, the, the, the church that I was raised in, Seventh-day Adventist, they have schools. And at that point, the school that I went to only went until like middle school. Okay. And when you were in high school, you would go to boarding school. So around the state, all of these schools where these kids would go, once they would get to high school, would go to boarding school and live. Wow. Yes. That's a big transition. Yes. It was a huge transition. And um, I, I think, though, more so because I only had two people in my classroom. Right. <laughs> so now I'm going and living somewhere else. Um, so at 16 years old, I was in 10th grade. I I went because my mom and I weren't getting along very well. And I think I was, you know, probably giving her a hard time. And I think we just decided it was the best thing sure. um, for me to go to the boarding school. So I went there and it was it was very challenging to go to this boarding school. Um, I just living with other people, living with other girls in a dorm, having a dorm mom. Um, I mean, we didn't get to watch TV. Uh, I, I don't know. Just, you know, sometimes you eat cafeteria food, yeah. you don't eat home cooked meals. It was just a lot of changes. I think I knew two kids at the school. What? one of which was a boy from, yeah. you know, the grade before me at the church school I went to. So it was a lot of changes. Um, and I experienced just uh, troubles, right? Like yeah. um, being picked on by girls and, you know, is an eye opener. Let's sure. put it that way. Um, so about six months at being um, at the boarding school, I met my ex-husband. Um, he was a year ahead of me and he had been going to the boarding school for a while and um, we met and we fell in puppy love. Puppy love. <laughs> yes. Yes. So at 16, 17 years old, we met. Um, he, because it was a year ahead of me, um, I didn't want to go back for a year two sure. for 11th and 12th for 11th and 12th grade. Um, but he asked me to stay for his senior year so that we could be together. And because we're so in love, <laughs> I decided, yeah, I decided to stay for my junior year and um, didn't go back for my senior year. But instead of graduating from high school, my senior year, what did happen is I had my oldest son. Oh, wow. Yes. So I had my son, Blake, in December of my senior year, didn't go to school. I ended up just going and getting my GED, and um, he is a wonderful gift, but it was a lot to be a mom at 18 years old and not even, like, you know, be done with high school. It was a lot. Um, that said, uh, we we did the best we could. We... We went to school down in the cities. Um, my ex-husband was going either, I mean, he would switch, as most young people do, he would switch quite a bit what his major was going to be. I think he was going to be a cop, and then he went for chiropractor. So, Oh, my goodness. Lots of Lots different of different things. things. Okay. Yes. So I knew I've got this, like, little baby. I've got to go to school. I can't, you know, i got to get, like, some sort of trade certificate. So I ended up going to um for six months to dental assisting school. And the school normally would take you a, a couple of years, but I had an accelerated program so I could get done and get a job. Wow. So I did this accelerated program all the while having this six month old living with um, 
my ex-husband and his sister and her two kids and working full time, um, going to school full time. It was a lot, but got it done. Um, I got a job right out of dental assisting school in Duluth. So I moved from the town where I went to college and then I moved back to my hometown. And because my mom was living there and I needed some help having a little baby, I was 19 years old, got this job, got daycare for my baby and was working. Uh, My ex-husband also came and was continuing to go to school and working. So we were just sort of like building the starting of our life. But it was on again, off again for a little while um, until until we decided um, to eventually get married. I think we were 21 years old. I mean, we were so old. So old. (laughs) The ripe old age of 21. No, but we did have a two and a half year old. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I think about 21 year olds, so young, but... Um, so we decided to get married and start really building our life together. He um, he was had landed on chiropractic, and we moved um, two and a half hours away where they had a chiropractor school. And I, be, you know, was working a job as a dental assistant, and he was going full time to chiropractic school, and my son was in daycare while I worked full time. Um, so that was a really interesting time of life. He was going to school full time. I was working full time and my son was in daycare. It was really hard. Right. Um, during that time, he wasn't sure if he wanted to be a chiropractor forever. Well, that's a big investment of time and, and, and resources, and resources yes. if you're not sure you want to do that. Yeah, that's right. Tough. Um, also, uh, my my oldest son was getting a little bit older, and so I was like, "Oh, I want to have another kid." Oh, that's <laughs> just what you needed. Another baby. I mean, I'm getting so old. I'm like 23. <laughs> Time for another baby. Yep. So I had another baby. Oh my gosh. Oh, my son Cole was born. Okay. Um, and I think that was probably one of the nails in the coffin for I'm not going back to this chiropractic school. I got to get make some money. Yeah. So that <laughs> yes. kind of changed that trajectory. Yes. And I don't think it was Cole. I really think he he just didn't want he couldn't see himself seeing patients every sure. day. Um, so we moved back uh, to hometown Duluth. Uh, he found a job working full time um, and and I found a job teaching dental assisting. Um, Oh, uh, yep. I taught dental assisting for nights. So he would work all day. I would work and teach dental assisting at night. Um, Because at that point, I think I was like 24, 25 years old. And I'd been doing dental assisting for like seven years. You were the expert. I I was like ready to retire (laughs) because I was just so they're like, you want to teach? Sure. I'm 25. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh. So anyways, um, yeah, so we he was working, um, my ex-husband, I was working as a dental assistant, and accidentally, I got pregnant again. <laughs> I know. You'd think I'd know how to you stop that right that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, my youngest son, Dylan, was born, um, and... That um, was another big turning point because they stopped the dental assisting program. So I've got these three kids. Oh, no. You know? 
Um, one, I think my oldest son by that time was in school, but I've got these three kids. And if, even if, if they had to be in daycare, there's no way I could afford it. Mm -mm. Yeah. So working a job as a dental assistant during the day wouldn't make any sense. So my ex-husband says, I think you should start a cleaning business. I had always cleaned houses as, um, as like a high schooler and him and I in college down when we lived um, in a bigger city had worked doing cleaning. Um, he also had some ties in his job that he was working into doing cleaning. So he's like, I think you should start this. You could work. We could have somebody work the weekends. You could work, you know, during the week and you could have a job and you could work it at night and have the days to be with the kids. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't know about running a business, you know, but it's just me and another person. I think, you know, we can make this work. So at 26 years old with three kids, started a business. Oh, girl. (laughs) There's no doubt why you can hustle. (laughs) Right. I had to. I had to hustle. So that said, um, yeah, just started kind of like growing the business very slowly to not only what I could clean or what my one other employee could clean, um, to just kind of what easily naturally evolved and landed in my lap. Um, and while all the while kind of like raising kids, moving between houses, remodeling houses. Um, yeah, so for years, just kind of like slowly building that business up. Meanwhile, uh, my ex-husband rose in his position to um, vice president of a couple real estate firms, president of real estate firms. So, yeah, um, it was a good business. Um, During that time, I also had purchased um, some ladies-only health clubs on the range, ran those for a couple of years, ended up selling them off individually. I had bought in... um, a rental. I had a rental. Um, yeah. So you realized pretty quickly that you actually liked being in business. Yeah. Business, or at least you couldn't, couldn't stop right. being in business. Yeah. So it's almost like when I was 26, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, why would I start a business? Kind of like drug my feet. Um, I remember when he's like, you need to invoice these people. I'm like, why do I need to invoice them? They know how much they need to pay me. <laughs> To like, oh my gosh, I love the books. I love doing that stuff. I get it. Um, I know I self-taught like QuickBooks and blah, blah, blah. um, To, okay, now I can run books on two different companies, all these employees. Yeah, it got under my skin. Deep. Yeah. Hardcore entrepreneur. Um, So. There was probably a lot of control there for you. Like in, in is like what you could control. So true. That's that's yeah. a good point. Yes. So um, that said, fast forward many years later, um, I always coincidentally to being an entrepreneur, I've always been the sort of person who's like really into spirituality. So I yeah. think maybe it lends itself to me being a Pisces. We're like kind of like the most probably woo woo of the. Mm-hmm astrology signs astrological signs and um i at like i don't know 23 probably when my middle son was born i was like i want to do spiritual work i mean th- this was like in the mid 90s yeah i don't even think anybody other than 
I don't know if anybody did spiritual work, you know? Yeah. They had to be like book writers or something. All the while I'm reading like um, fervently any books I can get my hands on about just like spiritual thoughts and ideas and um, because I was raised so religiously, it was just like embedded in the fabric of who I was as a person to, to yes, to seek, to question, to wonder. And also I needed, I outgrew the answers that were presented to me by the church. Did you at some point actively leave that church or that religion? Yeah. So I think that that kind of happened. It wasn't more of an active thing. There was a lot of moving. So I lost connection to to all, yeah, to the community. And also, I'm glad you brought this up. When I was um, at boarding school, the church outed my mom and Lisa and basically said, you need to stop this or you need to not come here. Okay. And that my mom and her rightfully had a really hard time taking. Sure. Because they were both really involved in the church and they didn't see the issues that the church saw with them having this relationship with each other Mm -hmm. and how it didn't work. So, um, so that was really hard for me. And I, I kept trying to make it work. It's like, you know, um, a bad relationship. You just keep trying to make it work and you keep going back and you're like, ah, I just, this, this doesn't fit. This, this just doesn't align anymore. It just doesn't feel right. So probably by the time, um, because I remember taking my oldest son to church a couple of times and I just, it just didn't feel right to me. So probably by the time I was in my early 20s, I had done some more work and read some more. And um, I just really knew I, I needed more answers than the church had given me answers to. I love the way you phrased that, like the seeking of more answers. I don't think I think people get so stuck in the dogma of like their religion and stop there. But you knew right. there was more. Yeah, I think that for me, um, when you grow and change and evolve, um, and if it doesn't work for me, then I need to find the thing that's going to work for me Um, because I've outgrown it, right? Like I wouldn't outgrow shoes and expect to still wear the same shoes. My feet would hurt. Yeah, right. Good. (laughs) That's a good reference. Yeah. I mean, um, I just outgrew the thing. The confines of it were smaller than the confines of my life. And so um, I needed to find answers. And so I was fervently reading books and trying to understand. Um, I also had some personal experiences um, where I had memories about being being a person um, here on earth before this person. So I started believing and reading and understanding about reincarnation. And so... All this while, while I'm growing this business, I'm fervently reading about spirituality. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to do spiritual work, but I have no idea how I'm going to do spiritual work. Yeah. But kind of like around year five, seven, I was like, okay, here's the deal. At this point, I'm kind of going to stay in this business until my kids graduate from high school. Okay. And I'm going to sell this business. I kind of took a, just a stamp and I was like, I'm doing this and I'm going to do spiritual work is what I always want to do and I felt like it was really important for me to build a business and support my kids and support help support the family and make as much money as I could 
But at the end of the day, I was going to, I knew I needed to do what I needed to do for work because it's kind of like the thing that fulfilled me. It was, it's my passion. So while I'm building the cleaning business and I had those health clubs and, you know, learning all about balance as an entrepreneur, (laughs) (laughs) having employees, um, all of that sort of stuff, I was learning about spirituality, meditating, um, just through my being my own guinea pig. Okay. So um, since I had made this proclamation, as time went on, my oldest son, uh, graduated, left the house, eventually went into the Air Force. Um, Huge shift and transition. I hadn't been away from him for so long. He um, deployed, you know, all of these things. Then my, my, um, as my middle son was getting older, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting really close to being to the point where I can say they're going to be graduated. I can, I can do yeah, spiritual work. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming up. Yep. It's coming up. So I start like thinking about selling the business and how could I do this? Well, we had identified at one point in time, a buyer for the business. And I had asked them like, how would I, um, it was a national contractor that we had known and how could I get as much as I wanted for the business? So I grew and grew and grew the business. When I sold the business 14 or 15 years later after starting it, I had 46 employees. Um, and I had just purposefully, mindfully just grown it and grown it and really killed it on sales so that um, I could, I could sell, it. sell it and get the dollar amount that I needed um, that I felt it was worth yeah. to make it worth the while to sell it. Otherwise, just keep it. Right. Right. Um, so, but I was also very excited, like, oh my gosh, I get to do spiritual work. And so that said, sold it, but I had a one year earnout. Um, in order to get more money, they said, if you stay on for a year and we keep hold the numbers, we'll give you X more dollars. And I'm like, I'll yeah, take get that, that too. I'll take that, please. Yes. Yeah. So I decided to stay on. And so during that time that I decided to stay on for another year, um, shortly thereafter, uh, my husband lost his job. Oh dear. Yes. And there was a lot of fallout. And I mean, he was, he was president of a real estate firm. So it was a a big loss, um, hit to our, our bottom, like money to pay bills. Yep. Um, my youngest son had decided to go to, uh, boarding school, uh, for his senior year of high school because he was struggling with local high school. So he went to the boarding school we went to, and that is not a cheap, it's not cheap to send your kids to boarding school. Yeah. So um, I was at that point the sole breadwinner, having just sold my business, having now, okay, not only do I need to do this earnout, but now I actually need to make money. Yeah. I need to make money. So I uh, worked really, really hard. Um, my youngest son had some issues. And um, because of that, um, we had done some energy work. One of my friends had done some energy work on him and that helped him to make the decision to go to boarding school because he's like, I need to break up with my friends. They're not a good influence. I need to move away. And after seeing that, I was like, I need to learn how to do this energy work thing. Yeah. My friend at the time was like, I will teach you, blah, blah, blah. And so, so I started doing energy work part-time as just kind of a way to 
get my foot in the door of spirituality yeah. while I was working through this earnout buyout situation for a year longer and also being the main breadwinner in my family. No uh, pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. Right. Um, but um, that said, I ended up making my sales quotas. My ex-husband started a a real estate firm um, in instead of like going for, to work for someone else, ended up starting our own real estate firm and in and took the money from selling my business and invested it into some properties we purchased. And um, that said, finally, after the business had grown large enough that he had start that we had started um, this real estate firm. I was so over working all the time because oh, I was doing the books for him and some work for him, for us, I guess, uh, at the real estate firm. I was still working full time for the business that I had sold my company to. And then I was doing energy. Oh, my goodness. On, like Saturdays. The hustle. <laughs> yes. And I was like, hmm, this is kind of a lot. And so um, I decided to quit eventually the the business, uh, the cleaning business that I had sold to and just I was going to finally do the thing and work full time doing spiritual work. I had no idea what that was going to look like. And my ex-husband really um, encouraged me to do that. He's like, you don't even need to work. You know, um, you could work doing energy for people, you know, just this is like too much. So anyways, um, ended up leaving that company, great company, learned so much about sales and so fortunate that they not only bought my company, but just great relationships. Um, That said, um, took a a month off and just kind of like for one of the first times in my life, didn't work that hard for a month. But then my ex-husband asked me to start coming into the office and help him manage people, projects, Mm -hmm. little things here and there. Sure, but... You know, I'll do this part-time, but I'm going to do spiritual work. (laughs) (laughs) Part-time rolled into full-time, rolled into building another business, large business, um, with a lot of holdings, assets, um, not what I wanted to do. And it was very difficult knowing what I wanted to do. I went and got my real estate license, became a commercial uh, real estate person so I could lease space, sell buildings, buy buildings, whatever. Um, But all the while I was still working, doing energy for people part-time. So I was working again quite a bit. I ran our finance division and um, our property management division. Um, I kind of like built from the ground up. My goal was, okay, okay, fine. I'll help you. I'm going to get this thing settled. I'm going to get this thing so it like can run itself. Yeah. Because I knew how to start and run businesses. And then I'm going to finally do the thing. It's going to happen. It's finally going to happen. It's got to happen. I mean, it's yeah. like, this is the dream since I was really young. So um, so that said, um, my middle son in there ended up having a mental health crisis. That shifted and changed the trajectory of my life unlike nothing else. Other than maybe my parents' divorce. Um, and so because of that, um, I, it kind of like broke the path of the way things were supposed to go. We were building and building and building this business together, even though I was kind of like hesitant because I really, 
It's not what I wanted to do, right? But I knew it was for our family. Um, And to hold up, wait, that doesn't matter. That nothing else matters. We need to focus on this. So it took a a good year to get him um, so that he was stable. And, um, And I give so much props to people who suffer from mental illness because it's it's a game changer and it's a lifelong thing yeah um yeah so um that that was challenging um all the while still trying to work and run these divisions with our company um I struggled with you know doing energy work for people just because time capacity I had to live outside of the state for a month um you know, and so it's, it just, it, it was just a really crazy time. When I look back at that time in my life, it was just challenge, challenge. My youngest son moved away. Um, yeah, it was nuts. So got him stable, um, and, and was in the business and my, rightfully so my ex-husband and I just started having challenges. Um, you were dealing with a lot, dealing with a lot. And then my thing was throwing myself into helping my son recover and heal. And his thing was throwing himself into work. Yeah. Um, as a way to, I suppose, provide for the family, but also I, I, I think he just, that was how he was dealing. Coping. Yes. Um, we hired more people, we bought more buildings. Um, and during that time we just started having conflict between us and um, he asked me multiple times to not be involved in the business anymore um, because I was, it was just challenging for both yeah. of us. And um, so in the end, I decided, okay, um, I don't think the business is ready, the, the real estate firm, but, but uh, it probably never is going to be. And I've got to do the thing. And after my son's um, incident, it shifted me inside. It was like, fuck it. I'm not going to wait anymore. Yeah. Enough waiting. Right. Yeah. Enough helping. Like, I've got to do this thing. And this more, now more than any other time in my life is really, it's at my doorstep. You need this. Right. Right. Yeah. People need this. People need this. Yes. So um, I start, I hired a, um, a low, I hired two different coaches, um, Sarah. Seidelman was one of them. She is an amazing life coach and does um, shamanic work. And also um, Megan Sylvester. Um, she is also a spiritual coach and kind of, I went to a retreat of hers and I experienced her retreat and I was like, whatever you're doing, I want to do it in, in the North. This is it. Right. Yes. Like I'm yes. going to be you. Yes. Up, up North. Cause she was living in Texas at the time. Um, and so that said, um, I just started like carefully crafting uh, what I wanted to do, how I could do spiritual work, how I could use my gifts. Um, I became sound certified, bought sound equipment. So I do sound classes, sound um, bowls, sound bowls. Yep. And um, I have a gong and um, yep. So I have a whole class. Um, I, over a period of um, 10 months, I became a Kundalini yoga teacher never wanted to be a yoga teacher. Um, but then I tried Kundalini yoga and I was like, this is the thing. Um, it's just transformative. It's beautiful. It's a tool to help people at challenging times, which it did yes. for me. It's a powerful tool. 
Um, I still was doing energy work for people. And then I became a, a life coach, certified life coach. Um, and that's really, for me, my main source of helping people is through life coaching. Um, and I use spirituality as a twist. So I'm getting all of these certifications, working very minimally in our um, real estate firm, um, part-time and trying to just build kind of like my business. Sure. Um, and my my ex-husband and I are struggling. It's It's gotten very bad. We had been going to counseling for six months, like once a week. So like, it's not we're like we weren't trying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but unfortunately... Um, on his end, another person entered the picture, um, and he ended up starting a relationship with this other person who worked for us, who actually worked for me. Um, and it, it, I didn't know this, um, and it, it was no surprise we were having so many problems because he was involved. There was another person in the picture. <laughs> Yeah. That only one of us knew about. Yeah. Um, and so the marriage just declined, declined until I found out about their relationship, um, which I had suspected and asked and was lied to about. And um, enter the time that you and I were together at a mastermind finding out about COVID. Yes. Two weeks later, I found out about uh, him being in a relationship with someone else. And what a time uh, that was. it was nuts, right? Going yeah. through COVID and going through all that stuff. The same time. Mm -hmm. Total life shift. Yes. Major life event. Um, so here, you know, here I am coming out of like just my son's thing and then going into this and then going into COVID. It was a lot. Again, yeah. I've had these really big incidences and times in my life where it's a lot. Yeah. You know, and then I feel but like nobody handles a lot better than you. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, you have the experience in doing it for better, for worse, but you handle it like a boss. Yeah. Well, I just think I have a survival survivor's mentality, you know? Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to describe it too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's so beautiful to hear you telling this story, to have known you through living through parts of it. I got to know you when you were involved in the real estate business and seeing now how your path has unfolded and and like what like looking backwards do you look back and think like some of these things make more sense over time absolutely yeah yes I still some in some instances struggle with wrapping my heads around the whys of some sure. things of course um because they're just is like life is just unfair sure you know inherently yeah so yeah there's really no why to it but um but that said um through the divorce, through COVID, building a business during the divorce, during because COVID. now you have to go forward alone. Oh, yes, you got to figure this out. Yes, yes. So I've got to figure it out. I've got to be able to support myself. I've got to be able to figure out like how I'm going to manage um, like this new business um, on top of um, you know being divorced, and I hadn't been single since I was. 16 years oh my old. god thinking about it that way wow yeah. so yeah. it was a it, it was just a it was the thing and I I really um I'm I consider myself lucky and blessed that I was 
simultaneously in um, my yoga training, um, it was a, f- a huge foundation and huge comfort yeah. for me while going through mediations. During COVID, um, my ex-husband's sister passed away from COVID. That's right. Um, that was really challenging. Um, it, so many challenges in there, right? Um, that said, so lucky, so blessed to have such a spiritual foundation and to be building those practices and being able to use them in real time. So if you come to me and be like, what's the thing to help me with this? I'm like, I'll say I know. And it's like, not I know. It's like, I know. Tried and true. <laughs> because I'll, I'm the guinea pig. I, yes. I did the thing at the worst possible time to not crack, you know, yeah. to not be, to not not survive. I yeah. did the thing. So if I know, I'm saying I know. <laughs> and um, because those were the things that kept me grounded, that kept me um, stable, that kept me from, you know, just kind of going off the rails when your yeah. life is imploding. Yeah. And you never did. Yeah. Well, there were some days. Where there was, were days. There was days where I was told, messy crying. Yeah. You kept that compass pointed towards what you wanted to do and you didn't let it steer off course after that. Thank you for saying that. And I have to say, like, if not now, when I wanted to do my spiritual work, there's nothing holding me back. Nothing. Right. There's no one else that I need to fix. No companies. I just this is the thing. So so that's kind of how I landed here. And, you know, luckily you and I had met in that mastermind all those years ago. And this fits so nicely into my business side that I have yep. such a long catalog and years of experience, um, I'm still able to use that and assist other business women and leaders um, using just my 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 wisdom from my yes. life experience. So I love the mastermind concept, that, you know, and even j- just talking about this sort of stuff, it just gets me like worked up. I love it so much. Yeah. And I think it's so important that you shared your story today because people listening and that have listened to other episodes and we'll continue to listen like this explains why you sit in a seat of being able to share about many of these topics is what you what you've lived through right like the complexities of your life lived and everybody has a complex life absolutely but what makes you you is so clear in hearing your stories and Aww. I think people need to share their stories more agreed it, it all makes so much more sense when you say it out loud and share it. And I hope that people have enjoyed listening to this and learning more about you and and the <laughs> the phoenix you are rising <laughs> in your spiritual work. And I'm so grateful you introduced me to what you do in, in the spiritual realm right. and like practices, things I didn't even know were in existence and I've taken into my life and um, gotten such great, I don't know, just experiences out of it. So mm-hmm. people are lucky to have you guiding them both spiritually and through the, the mediums that you've used I feel like you have such a toolkit yes yeah those sound bowls I got to carry the gong once <laughs> like that whole situation is pure magic yeah like to get to attend a sound class the Monique uh puts on is otherworldly experience and Aww. people should go to that locally here and uh and you also have your kundalini online platform now you're learning the world of online platforms yes kind of close us out today with like talking about where are you right now what are you what are all the ways that people can experience you yes so people can work with me in several different ways um i do have the online so you don't have to be in in duluth minnesota 
for coaching, um, I have Zoom, you know, so we meet, yeah, meet, so meet nice. my clients to Zoom. Um, for, but I do have the online on demand, uh, yoga platform. So I've been recording classes, uploading them so people can just take them from their home, um, when it works for them. Uh, so that's on my website, um, sound classes. I do locally here in the region that we live in. Um, coaching can be done online. I do have a couple of courses, um, out of my experience of going through, Heartbreak. Um, I created a course called Heartbreak to Hope that helps guide people through six weeks from a real position of what the hell to maybe I could have hope again for love. Um, and then, yeah, I know it's beautiful. And then I have another course uh, launching soon called The Gentle Path, how to just kind of like, you know, a lot of us are sensitive and we just put up guards all the time. Right. And how to live a kind of like a guard reduced or guard free life and be okay being sensitive. Um, so that's just a four week course, but yeah. Um, my website, my name, Monique Forcier is how you find me and work with me and you reach out social medias, my name as well. <laughs> You're killing it over there too. Absolutely. Oh, posting every day yes. is a thing. <laughs> yes. You can learn so much from just watching Monique's social media and I'm just so lucky to Get to podcast with you, co-facilitate co uh, this podcast and our mastermind groups and do all the other fun things that we enjoy together, traveling and shopping and pretty much it doesn't matter what it is, we're having a good time. That's true. And connecting on a deeper level um, spiritually and and business. Yes. So. Yes. Well, this has been great. Thank you, Monique, for sharing. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, friends. You've just finished another episode of the Heart and Soul podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. And if you've loved it, we would love if you'd leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening. You can find links to leave that review in the show notes, uh, where you'll also find other resources that we reference on our show. And if you think a friend could find value in today's episode or any future episodes, please share this episode with them on social media. This is one of the only ways the podcast can organically grow and we just can't wait to connect with you and all of your besties. You can also find Monique and I on our many social media platforms or our websites and we're going to leave links to those in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening. We look forward to sharing our hearts and souls with you again next time. With heart, I'm Mariah. And with soul, I'm Monique.